the project. Kuwait. Learn. So, Dr. D, are you going to introduce the coach? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Of course, I'm going to introduce the coach. She's my favorite. My student was my student. She's an AUK alumni. She went into coaching. And I'm sure I had something to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> that 100%. <laughs> so I want to introduce Lena. And Lena will say a lot more about her certification. And she's a certified coach. All this and more in today's episode. She was an AUK student, graduated, worked a little bit at AUK, right? And then three years you, and a half. Three years and a half. My God. But I'm not that old. I'm only 29. We've sticking to that number for a long time. Of course. That makes me 18. <laughs> that makes you 18. And that makes since, me seven. <laughs> since you're also a UK alumni. I love this. So, you know, I have all my students, the bond I have with people that have graduated. Smartest well. damn people in Kuwait yes. come from AUK. <laughs> <laughs> true that. That is very true. At least the AUKers, most of us haven't. We are to. different <laughs> and we should be different. Yes, we are. And because Dr. D was our professor. <laughs> yes. Dr. But is she Dr. D now or is she professor? <laughs> so do you want to you talk it. about the titles? <laughs> I'm going to have Because the, in class, she taught us the titles mean absolutely nothing if your self-esteem is already up high. That's it right. It adds nothing to your self-worth. You are you. Right. And I used to tell student, you can call me Juliet. What's the big deal? And people are like, what? Really? <laughs> I only yeah. had one student ever called me Juliet. Everybody else, professor, Dr. D, you know. <laughs> but you are welcome to call me whatever you want, Lena. Since I love you so much. Oh, thank you, professor. <laughs> See, professor is coming out. <laughs> See? So tell, tell us a little bit about what you did after you graduated from AUK, how you became a coach. Then we're going to talk about why it was so interesting to have you on the show. All right. Now, I graduated from AUK 2015, majored in economics, has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and then I worked in the Office of Admissions for three years and a half as an admissions counselor. Now, this period was truly the period that shaped what I love or what I'm passionate for. I figured out that I'm a people's person. I love helping people. I don't like fixing them. I love helping them. I like prepping them for life. I like empowering them, inspiring them. And then when it was time, I quit. And then by pure coincidence, now I had the life coaching thing in my mind for about a year mm. after two years and a half after I worked at AUK. And then in my final year, I just kept pondering the idea, pondering the idea. Then I quit because I just lost my passion for my job mm. and I just I, I couldn't do it anymore. And then by coincidence, pure coincidence, right after I quit, I saw the certification in Kuwait. I was going to travel for the certification to Dubai, but thankful I saw it in Kuwait. Yeah. And so, and it's ICF accredited, which is International Coach Federation. Okay, because I know that there is an organization in Dubai, actually. I took one course with them and then I realized that similarity it has in psychology. So I didn't feel like it was going to enhance me in other mm-hmm. ways. And then I know that my friend who's a psychologist and with me at the clinic, she took all the classes. But as psychologists, we didn't feel like we wanted to go and certify. But I guess the biggest question for me, and which is the question that, you know, even if you heard our podcast previously, is the idea is that a lot of times people are misunderstanding that, you know, I've had some people like some of my clients are like, well, I can just go to a coach, you know, why pay psychologists this much money, which is not even that much. I mean, I don't even know how much you guys charge, but the idea is, is that I think it's important to educate people on what is the difference and when do you really seek out a coach versus you seek out a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times people that are not educated in the area Not to say that you do it, but I have few people on Instagram. I've seen people online 
who are coaches, and I feel like the way they present themselves, they're presenting themselves as they're these doctors or these psychologists. And then sometimes like even here in Kuwait, you hear, oh, so-and-so is a coach and he's so busy and he's making so much money. And and for me, I feel like I don't really care about how busy they are or how much money they make because that's not my uh, priority. But are they really making a difference in people's life? Are they really using integrity and value? I feel like recently, I mean, even since like, when did I take this class in Dubai? It was a CTI or I don't know what they are. But they were really amazing and they were very good. I had that one class, one weekend I went, I thought, wow, this is really interesting. And I was really respected the idea that they constantly, they knew that I was the psychologist in the, on the group. They were constantly emphasizing the idea that you're not going to become a psychologist. But I feel nowadays, most people out there, because Instagram is so easy, people are like, if you have a problem, come this. And you know, you've got people that are coaching, advocating for themselves to have more clientele. And so I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, I'm sure that that's, do you really want to feel like, are you a coach? What is it? Why would people seek you out versus Mm -hmm. seeking a psychologist out? Now, a professional coach should truly and clearly understand and emphasize on the difference between a coach, a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. They're all different. And the thing is, it upsets me when someone promotes himself or herself as a psychologist, because that just means that you're not taking enough pride in your career and you're not taking enough pride in what you do and you don't believe in what you do and you don't really understand to what sense can you affect people's lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I get a person with depression, I can actually harm them if I decide to coach them. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, coaching, it has a futuristic approach. It's a developmental approach. Uh versus with depression, we're going to have to dig in the past Mm. and we're going to have to go to childhood and look at the traumas that could have caused depression and all that. And it's a corrective approach. Mm. So that's when you have to go see a clinical psychologist like yourself, Dr. D, or a psychiatrist. Mm. I can't let my pride and ego take place and go like, yes, I can coach him. No, I can't coach him because if he needs medication, I'm not going to be able to do that. If he needs psychotherapy, I'm not going to be able to do that. If he needs any type of tests, I'm not going to be able to do that. Mm. So I have to respect my career, my job and other careers and jobs. Mm -hmm. Let's say someone has an OCD. I cannot help them. Mm. Let's say someone has anxiety. I can't do anything about it. Mm. Phobia. I can't do anything about it. What we can do is we work together on achieving their goals. And if they have a bad habit that they want to get rid of and all that. I mean, let's say someone wants to work on a goal that is starting a project or applying for their master's, why would they go see a psychiatrist? Mm-hmm. For that, you can see a life coach. Mm-hmm. But if I hear throughout the conversation that I get this a lot, I recently went to a therapist and she told me that I have OCD, but I just didn't bother working on it. So can you help me work on it? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I cannot. Mm-hmm. OCD patients are coachable if they're doing good in two or more areas of their life. But uh, <laughs> I can't help them get rid of their OCD. Sorry about that. It's all right. <laughs> what he does to me all the time. No, I love in the podcast that we can see stuff and laugh about it and people have no, no idea what's they, going on. They have on. no clue. I just looked at Dr. D. I'm like, just don't say... Mm-hmm. Well, she's saying, she's saying nice information. I, I I'm did. giving her affirmation. Affirmation, just, exactly. No, nod your head. Like the song, nod your head. Jeez. The thing is, she I'm was... Being, I'm being an active listener. Yeah. She was nodding her head, but I didn't feel like it was her. I'm like, is she listening to me? She's like, I'm not used to her. Not just See? nodding. I'm used to the, mm, mm, and then asking a question and then giving me gestures, you know? Yeah. I mean, a psychologist is being a coach. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I like the idea of that futuristic. And so it's good to distinguish that someone has. So it makes sense. Like if I want to work on certain, and I, I think like last week when I, we were back at the university and with few of the faculty, there was a person that asked me because they noted that few people from a UK are also trying to get the certificate or they got it, whatever. And which is nice. I'm always happy when people try to look at other things. Like, you know, some of those people that you and I know that went into that route, like for example, even you, like, you know, I got a BA in finance, but I wanted to do something different. It, and I really, I love it. Like for me, I'm always looking for other ways of improving myself that has nothing to do with psychology, to be honest. So now I'm into training because Mahdi always talks about training. So I train, obviously. <laughs> Multidisciplinary thinker. Yeah. You know, I try to do like, I want to learn more about diet and I'm really starting to be into the food you put into your body and the effect it has, So, which we'll do another podcast on that. So I like that. So anyways, when we were there, she said to me, this person says, oh, you know, so many people are going into this coaching. What is that different between you and them? And I was like, you know, uh, I love yeah, the way- uh, a huge I said, difference. I said a lot. I said, one of the ways I could, I felt like I was protecting my, my, exactly. uh, my field. I, yes. I really seriously, I felt, first of all, I felt defensive. I can tell from my body language. And then I was like, there's a lot of difference. And she's like, you know, this person who just got this certified, she says she's really busy with this. Somehow, I don't know why I need to be protecting that psychologists exactly. are not busy. First of all, I'm very busy and that has nothing to do with anything. Why do people like haven't come up to me like and say- It feels like they're attacking. They are attacking because they're yeah. like, you know, I don't know how busy you are in the clinic, but so-and-so is a coach and she says she's really busy. And I was like, I said, there's a difference. And that's why I was like, you know, I told Mandy, we have to have you on because these people really need to understand. So she's, I said to her, look, if you want to make a decision about a divorce, right? Now, a coach can help you with that. Yes. And she's like, really about a divorce? I said, yes, yeah. because if you're depressed about your divorce, then you come to me. But if you want to understand the process exactly. of a divorce, like, you know, what should I do? Should I get my finances organized? If I want to get, how can I like talk to him? Just think it clearly. Or then why you, you want the divorce in the first place. Right. I said, then you go to a coach. She's yes. like, really? I thought that they can help with a coach. Uh, with a, I said, career. Why would someone want to come and pay me to say, look, should I get certified in coaching? Exactly. For exactly. I said, they don't need to do that. But if they are so depressed at the job that they are, that they can't sleep, they're having physical symptoms, cognitive symptoms, of course, it's me. And she's like, well, you know, I think most people would want to go to a coach. It's easier. Was, no, it's because of the stigma. That's why it's easier. And I don't understand why now in 2019, we're still suffering from stigma. I mean, uh, in one of my videos, my first sentence was when I was 15, I went through mm, something and I, I have to that. go to a psychiatrist. I saw that. She says, I don't follow her. I saw that. <laughs> oh, so you follow her, but you don't follow me. You don't follow your co. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Fine. After we finish, I will follow. All she follows people. me on Facebook, but not Instagram. And That's... I'm more active on Instagram. Are you more active on Instagram? So? I'll, I'll follow you on Instagram. <laughs> it doesn't follow anybody. Extra followers. So. I, don't follow, I don't follow a lot of people. I have a question for you. Sure. I really love what you said. It just shows Thank that you, you have a lot of integrity in what you do. Uh, and I think that's what it comes down to when you are a coach. I mean, yeah. I was a coach, a baseball coach for 15 years. And, you know, so I've advised teenagers. I've, you know, I've been like a big brother. And when I haven't been good at something, you know, I'd be like, look, this is my area of expertise. This is the guy you want to go see, which takes a lot of self-confidence, which yeah, you alluded true. to earlier, to, in order to do that. Now, with integrity, okay, because I think the line is really blurred 
in the profession of coaching and integrity. I see these guys that they get their certification in a week and they come back and they're all of a sudden a life coach. I'm like, a psychologist. I, I, I know, but it's like... <laughs> really, seriously, I'm not joking. I've had people do that. They might not say the word and they will present themselves. I mean, you say, I don't follow you guys on Instagram. I'm not following these people, but sometimes somebody tells me, have you seen this person? He's doing so well. And I was like, okay. I look and I'm like, I can't believe... I mean, what happened to people's integrity that now that now I'm starting to get like, you know, he knows when to trigger. The, the thing from, is, from, those from, people, people are don't have harming integrity. the industry. From the coaching perspective, from mm-hmm. your perspective. Now, how can someone gauge the line? Because it's a fine line between psychologists, coaching and psychiatrists and financial advisor and whatever else. So how can people gauge that line? so that they know someone like yourself has integrity and will refer them Mm. versus the person that's like, oh, you know, I can heal everything. I'll give you the magic water and that's going to heal all your symptoms. So how can a normal person figure out through the coach or asking questions if they have integrity or not? What are some of the key things that people can look for? Okay. Now, one thing is the line between coaching, psychology, psychiatry is not a fine line. Counseling, it's not a fine line. It's a very, very obvious line. But the thing is, people and some people from the industry, they're just advertently oblivious to it. They want to forget it on purpose. They want to ignore it on purpose because they just, someone who's a coach doesn't think that being a coach is good enough. So I want to jump into psychologist. How can someone with depression come to me and I say, no, sorry, I can't help you. How can I say that? That's too much for my pride. So no, I'm going to have to say that. Yes, like you said, I can heal everything. But that's not right. The thing is, people need to put some effort into educating themselves about the difference. And us as coaches, I think that the first video for every coach should be saying what coaching is. And that's what I did. I had a six minute video explaining what coaching is, where I said, we don't advise, we don't direct, we don't guide. I mean, Dr. D, you can advise, you can direct, you can guide whenever you have a patient. And I will know if they need medication or not. Exactly. I mean, the idea is that, you know, I didn't spend 10 years of school four years of bachelor, which, you know, that's primary. Mm -hmm. But then when you get a master's, especially for me, like I have a doctorate in clinical psychology. So the idea is is that I didn't go to all this school with master's and all this training and supervised hours. So someone can say to me, look, I can do what you can do. I mean, one time I was sitting with this person who is a coach and she's like, you know, she said something about diagnosis. Now, I mean, I don't know when did coaches become like, if you can really diagnose in that eight month or a year, I don't even know how long that project, you guys' training is a year, right? Well, how long do you the, train? The training is 60 hours. And then after that, there is 100 hours that you have to fulfill before you go on to your ACC, which is Associate Certified Coach. So it's not even a year? No. No. So the idea is, is that here, I don't know what we were talking about. She says to me, you know, when this person came and I knew I diagnosed him with, I don't know, OCD or anxiety disorder. So obviously I met this person through my friend. So my friend was sitting next to me. I'm thinking, okay, why? And I was like, I don't understand. Can you please explain to me? You're a coach. It's not even a year. I mean, she even said that it was like six months, maybe training. I was like, I don't understand. How are you able to diagnose this person as OCD? What were their symptoms? What did you see? And I didn't mean to be interrogating her, but my friend's like, you're interrogating her. Well, I'm interrogating her because I'm a psychologist and I really want to Because I know better. I I know better. And, And I was like, so do you know what she says? Well, we took a course in diagnosis. Now, I don't know. Do coaches really take a course in diagnosis? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I have to ask my colleague who is 
a psychologist with me and I should say something, ask her, but she took that whole thing that at NCTI, whatever in Dubai. So I don't remember. I took it one weekend. So I, I didn't know what else do they cover in these, like all these classes they take. But I was like, really, you took a class. But even if you took a class, this is like, remember when you took abnormal psychology with me? Did you take abnormal? Yes, yeah, yeah. No, abnormal psychology when you were my student. Yeah, you know, I go through all the disorders, the things that are important. Now, and what do I say in the class? Remember, guys, that when you finish this class, you're not going to diagnose. I'm just giving you, you an also introduction. Said something. I remember it very well. Remember how we had the DSM? You were like, you guys don't walk around with the DSM diagnosing people exactly. with symptoms and disorders. Because, you know, I'm ethical and I'm introducing you to these ideas. You're just a bachelor and you're taking the first car. I remember exactly. when we went to the psych hospital and I yes. say, you know, Remember some of the symptoms we've seen, if you can recognize it, but don't go around diagnosing, don't go around pretending you know what this person has. And so this person says to me, oh no, we took a course of diagnosis and now you know how to do OCD? Seriously, now you know what depression means? And and really, I am frustrated at how people's integrity, all because of money. Now, you know, now if she has someone that comes into her, in her practice, whatever, and if she can diagnose, then she, you know you can make more money because then you can see them for more. What is wrong with people? The like I don't have is, someone coming to my clinic, and if they don't need my help, I don't say to them, "Look, I pretend that you need my help so I can make money off of you." Where is the ethics and integrity with these people? The thing is, the minute she's able to diagnose, and I have now my hands doing speech points. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the minute she diagnoses that that person has OCD, depression, anxiety, phobia, should be the same minute. She refers him to another professional. Exactly. That should be the minute where she becomes aware of sorry. She has to be very empathetic, of course, because emotional intelligence is key here. We're sorry, I cannot help you at this moment because my profession does something else. It's a one, two, three approach. She has to explain what coaching is if he doesn't get it again. Because the thing is, at the beginning of our session, we have to explain to them what coaching is. Right. You know, because some of them come and they don't understand what, what it is. They just need someone to talk to. But the thing is with coaching, Our mentor, our trainer in our course was a very professional man. Mm. He said that if someone comes to you, you have a coaching session. And then after the session, they go like, wow, I feel so much better now after talking. Thank you very much. They're like, it wasn't a confiding session. He's like, you have to be creating actions. If you're not creating actions, you're not coaching. So the idea of going to see a life coach is not to feel better that you let things off your chest. Yes, this happens, of course. And sometimes it can get very intense clients careful not calling it patients because they're not patients. Clients or coaches can break down during the session. They can cry. It could be very intense because they say a lot of things that they've never said before when we ask the powerful questions. I'm sorry, Mandy, I'm neglecting you because no, I have vertigo. You're all good. No, you're all good. Oh, I neglect him all the time. Sorry. I made, <laughs> so sure, I, said, I made sure Look, his wife neglects him. I neglect him. All the women in his life. All the women. It's all good. Don't, don't worry about it. That's Believe why my... me, if he wants to make himself noted, he Noted will. he will. But he's, he's good like this. I'm, I'm chilling over here. I got I got my chair far away. Yeah, that's, I got to check out the Two powerful women in this room. Of course, room. that's too much for the world to handle. I know. There's no testosterone in here. No? I need to bring someone else in here. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad it's a, you're a female coach because male coaches have this ego yep. <laughs> from what I've seen. And it's like, dude, if you can't manage your finances, why are you talking to me right now? Oh, yeah. I, I know a lot of guys that are life coaches. And I say that with quotations, no offense. 
And they can't manage their own finances. They can't manage their own life. Exactly. So how are you directing me to manage my life if you're not practicing? We're not directing. We don't direct people. You give them steps. No, we don't. You don't even give them steps. So what do you do? No, we don't. All right. No, that's the question I love the most. People go like, okay, you don't advise, you don't guide, you don't direct. What do you do? (laughs) I love it when you give me that question. What kills me? You're busy. How yeah, are you you're busy? Making, yeah, you're making bank. So like, you're making what's money? going on here? Not busy, occupied. <laughs> occupied. I'm in the wrong field. Go no, ahead. professor, you're not. We need people like you in your field because we can't help everyone. Actually, I was just, when you were talking, I was thinking, and then we'll get back to what you do, you really do. I was thinking that you guys, just like when one time psychologists realized that we really need psychiatrists. At one time, there was a big conflict between psychiatrists and psychologists and do people want to be medication. And then that time has come where we feel like we really need psychiatrists just as much as psychiatrists need psychologists exactly. because we need them for medication, you know, and then they need us for psychotherapy. And then now you're talking, I was thinking, wow, you know, there are people that come and they want to make just like career advices with me that, you know, I can obviously help them with it, but it'd be better trained with you. Exactly. We could we could be working together. Exactly. But to be honest, there's not that many people out there. I'm talking about the yeah. GCC or at least in you know, in Kuwait, I don't see that impression. I don't have any life coach that came except besides you. And I saw you again on TV the other day that you have said to me, doc, you know, I have a few people that I'm working with. Yes. They're really intense and they really need you. Give me your card. Exactly. Like, you know how many coaches I meet and no one has ever said like, you know, there are a few people that I'm working with. That's very shameful. That, and that's shameful. I think that's we can very work shameful. together. Very shameful. Yes. Because the thing is, the problem is doc, those coaches who refuse to admit the mm-hmm. importance of psychology and psychiatry, they have very low self-esteem. Right. They're afraid of such power being taken away from them. Yep. That, for example, I cannot help that one going through depression yes. or OCD or phobia. I mean, okay, help him. How are you going to help him? That's Direct right. him? What if he totally breaks down in a session and you just can't help it's him? It's dangerous. I mean, how can I speak in a futuristic approach to someone who's suffering from severe depression? How? I'll just depress him more. That, I'm harming him. That's right. And people need to really understand that we work with vulnerable people. Very. We're not there in our profession to take advantage of them. So when you're working with someone and the person has deep depression, I mean, it's like what Maslow has said for so long. How can you work with someone if they're depressed and then you're going to show them a lot of future steps, for example? If they're depressed, we need to really work. I mean, it's the same thing as like someone is homeless and they're not eating and, and you don't have a safety. A and I'm showing them a castle. I'm even more them, depressing. You know, let's go get a, a you know, what about this job or talk about love, for example. You can't talk about someone loving someone if they're homeless. Exactly. And the idea is, is that there are certain steps. So if you're going, how are you going to talk to this person about what you should do future? And if they're depressed, how can you give them advice about divorce? How do you know that they're really divorcing because they're really clinically depressed? Exactly. You know, I always tell people when you're depressed, when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you haven't slept, don't make major decisions. You can't. I mean, I just came back from the U.S. I'm so jet lagged. When people ask me about major decisions these days, even my son, he asked me something. I said, Larson, I'm taking one step at a time. I can't because I'm jet lagged. So if I'm feeling that way, when you see people in, you know, with you and they're struggling with some deep rooted issues, Mm -hmm. and then now you're going to help them, you are harming them. And I wish more people would be more realistic about our job is not that easy. We work with people that are broken. Exactly. They're vulnerable. And they're going to believe everything you and I are going to say. Because they just have this weird trust that you are going to fix their life. That's right. You know, so you really have to be um, 
You have to be honest mm. with what you can provide and what you cannot provide because at the end of the day, you're taking their money and you never know what they're doing in order to pay this money in order to get the psychological help that they actually need or mm. the coaching mm. help that they actually need because both are two different things. Right. And I think more and more people like yourself need to come out and start talking a lot more about the integrity that coaches have instead of having these other people that don't really have integrity coming out and making it look like that I can treat everyone. And the people you know, like yourself, need to do more education about, you know, we are very serious and we do these certain issues. We don't do these issues instead of having these other people that went into the coaching field because they want to make money. And that's yeah. not right. And the thing is, people need to put some effort into educating themselves about the difference between each and every single one. People need to be willing to work harder on themselves and hence educate themselves. The thing is, I'm going to mention a couple of cases where I was like, I'm sorry, your coaching ends. Yes. Coaching cannot help you here anymore. See, and, and, so, and then we were talking about pride. Now I just remembered is like, for example, when someone comes to me, like I don't really work with substance abuse. That's not my training. So when someone comes, I can take an evaluation. Yeah, I remember it always used to tell and, us. and I used to tell you guys all yeah. the time in, in class, I have to be realistic of what can I do and can't do. It has nothing to do with my skills. Yeah. I have no problem telling someone when they come in and when I evaluate them and I know that they're major diagnosis is substance abuse. They say, look, this is not my area. I've seen people with substance abuse. I've worked with them, but these individuals are better at this. This has yeah. nothing to do you with my ego. You always used to tell us this in class. And eating disorders. I've seen people with eating disorder. I've obviously, when I was doing my training, I did that all in the hospital, which I love hospital settings, but <laughs> it's not my area. So when someone comes and I know they have an eating disorder and that's the primary, I say, look, this is not my area. I sit with their parents if they're minor and I say, look, you need to really take them to these places. And it has nothing to do with Dr. D's quality or qualification. And I don't think coaches are doing that, to be honest. That's true. And the thing is, they're harming the industry. Yes. They're harming the industry. You know what? It's just like a coach charging 10 KD per hour. You're ruining the industry because there's an international rate for what a coach is supposed to charge per hour. Well, how much do they charge? According to the US and ICF, it should be around $100 per hour, which is around 25 KD per hour or per session, basically, because a session shouldn't be longer than an hour and a half. Otherwise, it's too intense. It's an hour and a half for 25 KD. It's maximum. But I basically, see. it should be the optimum is it could be from 30 minutes to one hour or one hour and a half. One hour and a half is too much. So if they're charging 10, what does that mean? That means they're basically, they're degrading the industry. They're harming the industry. And then when you get coaches like me who charge 25 KD per hour, people are going to go like, she's too expensive. I can go for someone else mm. who thinks they can do one, two, three, four, five and deal me everywhere. Right. But then I get people saying, well, I can go to Lena. She charges 25 KD. And for me, it's like, you know, in the US, they're charging 250 KD. No worries. Have them come see Lena and then <laughs> Lena will tell them the ugly truth. And they're like, why should I pay Where, you, you know 60 what? KD? You have to go back to Dr. D. Yeah, <laughs> because like, they have to. But I've heard that so many times. It's like, why should I pay you 60 KD? That's expensive. And a lot of I, people I love the way bargain. people think it's expensive to work on yourself, but it's not expensive yeah. to buy a Chanel. Exactly. You know, a lot of people bargain <laughs> with my 25 KD. They go like, I'm sorry, but 25 KD is too much. Is, are they serious? They taught but us? then you, they're wearing name brand shoes. And How does that even work? And they're getting Starbucks 20 times per week, paying 100 KD. Can you imagine? So, yes. like, you're getting That's... a coaching session that will do you truly wonders. Me too. But if you look at it, I mean, and this is from your class. Okay, right? this good. Is where, this is where oh, I learned self-gratification. Self, self yes. It's you get that immediate gratification when you buy the Chanel. <laughs> Whereas working on yourself could take up to six months. 
Yeah, and but people, that immediate but gratification. Here, people don't put in the hard work. Uh, they just, they don't. Low self-esteem. Because you don't love yourself so much to the extent that I love myself so much that I know I deserve to work very hard on myself, but they can actually work hard on someone else. You got to prioritize yourself. Exactly. And so when someone sits in, I mean, they're not negotiating only with you. They're negotiating with the doctor. Yes. Oh, oh God, doc, can so... you like, you know, and then sometimes we offer packages, you know, because some people are much better at like being committed. Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's like, oh, you know, please, can you make it less? Can you, I don't know what. And now, you know, it's like some people don't really need an hour and they need a half an hour. And I tell them, look, your situation doesn't even need an hour. After I've seen them for a while, and, you know, I can do half an hour or whatever. But it's like, I love the way they're negotiating because they haven't prioritized themselves. Yeah. But they'll be in debt with their credit card or they bought a lot of stuff and they don't prioritize that this is important to me. Look, do you really think I wanted to hire an expensive trainer in the U.S. to work with me? And even here, the idea is that instead of spending this money buying shopping in the U.S., I decided this is my budget to do training because it makes me feel good when I work out. Exactly. That way I'm a better mom. I'm a better friend. I I'm look a better, better daughter. I look better. I feel better. And people don't prioritize it. So when they say to me, well, why? I went to a coach. She just charged this amount of money. Why should I pay for you? You know, to be honest, I don't have patience. I've gotten, I'm too old now. I just say, fine. Why are you here? Exactly. You know, I mean, a lot of times people don't understand that we give a service and this service, you have to pay for this service. Just like if you're going to the salon or because you're Because it's to a, draining. They have to understand that it's draining. Active listening alone, active mm -hmm. listening. And that's the highest level of listening. Not just listening like two friends listening to each other. No, no, no. Active listening where literally I can repeat everything that you said backwards. Yes, because we're right. going to have to paraphrase some of their sentences for them to get to rehear and re-listen to what they just said and then reflect on it. And then they get this aha moment where they finally figure it out on their own through our powerful questions. Look, I have a circle where I host it like twice a week and I do it for free because it's with an international organization where it supports women and men, but mostly women. So I collaborated with them here in Kuwait after I got my certification. First of all, the circle started as self-confidence circle where I used to coach girls on self-confidence. And then things got very intense where they started sharing more. I started coaching them on more stuff and more stuff. And then we got to where once I was coaching a girl, no, I was coaching three girls because I do it as group coaching. And three of them finally realized that they're heartbroken and through the coaching, mm. they're heartbroken. They haven't gotten over what happened. They haven't grieved because they haven't grieved properly. They didn't go through the proper stages after a breakup and they didn't go through the four healing emotions. All right, I have this knowledge. So I know the four healing emotions. I know the stages and all that. But when you are suffering from a heart, when we get to the conclusion where, okay, you finally understand that things are going wrong, you listen to yourself, you understand, okay, I'm, I'm going through a heartbreak. And that's why I'm not feeling myself and I'm not happy. Am I the person to continue with them? No. Hmm. We got to the conclusion through what they said and through the powerful questions that I asked. Only powerful questions, no advising, no guiding, no directing. They got to the conclusion where they're heartbroken. They didn't grieve properly. They didn't accept it yet and all that stuff. But then in order for you to get over the heartbreak, it's not me anymore. You have to go see a professional. You have to go see a psychologist, not me. Right. But through coaching, things and can see, come but out. That, that takes maturity from your side because I can tell you and from my experience is that there were probably other coaches that do that and will not give up. I mean, somehow, I don't know where we become territorial. I feel like, you know, this client, it doesn't belong to me. You know, I'm sure that there were other coaches that probably had similar situation where they did not send them back to me or send them to whoever that they want to refer them. 
in fear of losing a client. And so to me, I feel like a lot more people that are in the field need to mature and they need to realize what are you capable of and what are you not capable of. So when you told these girls, look, I have got you to this level, which is an amazing level anyways, recognizing what the problem is. Through coaching, not advising, not directing, not, not guiding. Through coaching, only asking questions. Right. But that's because you're ethical and you realize, okay, this is where my job stops and this is where Dinka starts. Or exactly. it's the same thing as when we do. I have clients. That's that what I, I thought this... back then, by the way. That's where Dr. Juliet comes in. That's right. Because you need to realize like it's same thing. Somebody would be sitting with me. I mean, the other day I had somebody coming and she had all these issues, manic to depression to I don't know what. And I said, look, The therapy doesn't really work for people that have bipolar when they're in the manic stage because they really, especially when they're first diagnosed, she really needs medication. And so I said, look, now, you know, I saw you, I did an evaluation. We need to see someone for medication. You know, and the same thing as someone that's having very high OCD, they're not going to be able to listen to my advice or schizophrenia when they're in their active, you know, hallucination. How am I going to help them? So there are certain things that they have to go to the psychiatrist, take medication, get used to your medication and in two weeks, come back and see me. That's exactly what I said. And the idea is that it has, because I'm mature, I don't take it personal. While there are lots of people in this part of the world, so sensitive that as soon as you say to your client, they think that if I said to them, look, this is not my area. Oh no, they're not going to like me. They're going to think that I'm not a good practitioner, which has nothing to do with that. So if we had more coaches that will be able to recognize this is where my job stops, but I guarantee you, and I'm not mentioning anything. I've seen it where people think that when someone says to me, I diagnosed them with OCD and their coaches, fine. What did you do after that? There was no reference to, I send them to a psychiatrist or to a psychologist, no reference whatsoever, mm-hmm. which means that they probably take it very personal that no, I should be able to cure it all. No, we don't cure all. We this don't. is why we need to work as a we team. We don't and we can't. No, there's impossible. You I don't know? work. I can't cure it all. And the idea, and I've got 10 years of, and I have a degree that, you know, tells me I'm clinical psychologist. Exactly. But the idea is, is that I'm human. I mean, there are certain things, for example, like I said, I don't do substance abuse. I'll see them and then I refer. Eating disorders. It's not, you know, you need to be specialized. This is like going to me when you have cancer. Like it's not my specialty. Exactly. I mean, cancer, it could be that you need medical treatment and also psychological treatment. People need to really understand what they can and cannot do. People need to respect other professions because the more you respect other professions, the more you're actually respecting yourself and your profession. Because at the end of the day, to to a very big extent, your profession defines you and how you do it in terms of integrity, honesty, professionalism is what defines you as well. So sometimes I get girls. No, actually, I got one guy. He broke up because of his father. And he had this so much anger and resentment towards his father. He wasn't aware of it. Again, through coaching, he said it out loud where he finally, he was like, this is the first time I ever become aware that I'm so angry and resentful towards my father. But then that means we have unfinished business with the past. Uh, I can't help you. That's it for me. That's where Dr. D comes in. So if there's something in the past, you guys don't deal with, but you do future. Future. I can help, so you, I can help you, kinda, you get to the conclusion. Yeah, you kind of ask the questions that derive the answer yes. to why they're feeling that way. And then it's like, okay, well, you need to go see Dr. D or you need to go see so-and-so. And that's why I always offer my first session as a free session. That's nice. Yeah. 
always. Mehdi, you know I need to go see it. I was just going to say, why don't you give me a free session of right course. now? Of course. Give me a free session right now. No, she, no, she was my student, so she can't. You know, that's the biggest problem she with me. She can give you a free I know, session. She, she can, can give me a free session. But she could give you a free session. I was like, oh, you know, it would be nice. But it's just like, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's funny. I mean, I think a lot of derived jealousy in this part of the region but that's a good point. I think it's it's a lot of jealousy and people not confident in themselves uh. and what they're producing. I mean, my coach, my CrossFit coach. <laughs> yeah, my- you know, a lot of coaches get very upset that everyone's calling himself a coach as well. <laughs> yeah, every profession has a problem with the other. Just call him trainer. Why do you have to call him coach? No. That, see, to, and then actual me, trainers will get very upset. But, yeah, but really? th- th- there's a big difference because like if you're a trainer, uh. you're just training someone once a week and it's but know, they could set. train many people but when you're coaching somebody that's when like i do masters crossfit you know like i actually participate so this guy advises me guides me you know talks to me about my nutrition and everything so he's a crossfit coach, coach. yeah rob scalacci oh god. And NMP. thank god nobody <laughs> calls themselves psychologists the coach is oh, everything. They do. But, but <laughs> here's here's the thing though, and in, in, in pretty sports, soon they'll be calling my psychologist the CrossFit psychologist. psychologist. <laughs> he <laughs> works with my psychology. Yeah. We're, we're going to that specialization, it. though. Yeah. We are heading to that specialization. Are you serious? I'm serious. Like I need to go to a country that doesn't have Professor, coaches, yeah. doesn't have psychologists, doesn't have anything. I want to start fresh somewhere where that's, I'm the that's only not one. A bad idea. <laughs> You'll always yeah. find someone that. Barge isn't your profession. You'll always find that. That's crazy. And they're usually the ones with no knowledge. Yeah. Oh my God. Those are trainers. Those are trainers. (laughs) Those are trainers. All right. I'll shit on every trainer out there. There, I I love my trainer. Honestly, there are trainers out there that they just, it's like, dude, you got certified in a weekend and now you think you're all of a sudden the best in the world. And we're seeing it pop up in Kuwait. We're seeing it pop up big time. It's turning into a trend to become a trainer. And look, I'm certified. I've got great certifications, but I don't go around flaunting it because I'm confident. And when people ask me questions, I'm confident responding to them. Exactly. My coach, and this is why I call him a coach, because I was going to Dubai and I said, oh, I'm booking a PT session with one of the Swiss national team power lifters or Olympic lifters, sorry. And he was like, oh, that's great. Suck up all the information. (laughs) That's a coach. No, because he was confident in the approach of, yeah, go see that specialized person. And he was like, okay, this is the person you want to see. This is what you want to ask. And this is what you want to get from it. Exactly. Because they're specialized in that category. And a lot of trainers, all right, and trainers hate me for this. Uh, they, 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 are, they already hate me. They already I'm hate already me. recording you right now. They, so I can send it to my trainer. Would, no, but that's the thing. They would, get, they would get so territorial. Why are you going to see this guy? Exactly. Am I not enough? cheating on them. Exactly. Am I not enough? Are you not learning enough from me? But I mean, Rob's like, no, he's like, all right, yeah, good. You know, confident in it. Like, because he knows I'm referring back to his program and I'm referring back to him as my mentor in the sport, you know? And I mean, NMP has done a great job. Like, they've done a great job at coaching me through this and coaching my wife too. I mean, she was a woman that could only lift 60 kilos. Now she's deadlifting 143. Wow. And she's squatting 100 and something too. 100, wow. Or her squat's she's, 143. I've seen all their, I've seen her clips. My God. She's, she's but becoming that's coaching, my role model. But that's coaching right there. That's that, the difference between a trainer and a coach. A trainer, like he'll take you to the water. Yeah. A coach is the one who's going to guide you to the water and show you where water is later on. 
Yeah. You know, Same thing is, we define coach as different. We yeah, define okay, well, it very you guys differently. Are head coaches, we're like, you know, we're we're jocks. <laughs> you know, like, when you come to jocks, like jock coaches, you know, athlete coaches, completely different. Now yeah. everybody's calling themselves a coach. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that's what it is. We feel like everyone is competing with each other. Yes. I mean, I definitely have come up with the conclusion that people need to get. If we can get more people, I mean. It's the professionals that have the problem, not the clients. If you can get most of these professionals to understand, this is my capacity, this is not. It has nothing to do with my confidence. If we can stop being jealous from other people. Exactly, jealous is an amazing word. I mean, you know, we're not in competition. I mean, while you're talking, I'm thinking, I was thinking all these clients that I see now or patients, whatever you want to call them, I could be referring to you for a few things. Like what is wrong? With you working on certain skills and I work with other skills. It has nothing to do with me. Exactly, It is in this part of the world and I'm sure it happens a lot. But here I have noticed as soon as you say to someone or I think other people, I mean, like the patient doesn't really see it as you are incapable. Seriously, it has nothing to do with the client. It has something to do with the professional. Suddenly they act like, oh my God, I can't say that. I can cure. I can, you can't cure everything. No, you can't. And I think we're obligated to take care of the individuals who are coming to us. They're coming to us. They trust us. Why are we not giving them that sense of trust back by being able to let them understand? Exactly. Look, you That's know? a beautiful not... way to put it. That's a beautiful way to put it. But you, know, talk- you know what's the you're problem? You're talking about professions with big egos. Yeah. Let's be realistic. Oh, yeah. A lot of the people. Yeah. Can you imagine a psychiatrist they... saying, I can't do this. You need to go. But psychiatrists actually, they've become much better, at least the ones I know. And they're like, you know, when they notice that there is a problem, they'll send them to someone and say, look, this area, you need to go see Juliet or, you know, at least the psychiatrist I work with, he always like identifies and he's like, you know, I'll do the medication. You do this, you do that. But I don't know these coaching, you know, Lena, please see, help the, us. The problem is I want to talk about more than one thing. The first thing is let's say someone comes to me and they're getting a divorce tomorrow. Can I help them as a relationship coach, for example? Uh-huh. Can I help them? No, no, I can't help them because no. that's when they need a counselor. They need a counselor. And I have to be honest. And I have to tell them, sorry, you guys, you need a counselor, not a coach. A coach is one where they're both being cute together. They're having some troubles and they want to improve it. Right. Some of them are hitting rock bottom while we're still in the developmental stage. We mm-hmm. can work with that. But mm-hmm. once they need advice, they need guiding, they need direction. When they need pure fixing, not just development, that's when they have to go see a counselor. That's when they have to go see an advisor, not me. And if I keep on working with them, number one, I'm taking their money for no reason. And that's horrible. And number two is I'm not going to be able to help them. And the thing is, I'm not going to be able to see proper results. So I'm going to end up judging myself because I'm not seeing results. It's just like that person who told you I'm diagnosing her with depression and OCD and that, all right, do you want to work with her depression? Okay, where are the good results? How are you going to work with? Where are the good results? Yeah, exactly. How are you going to feel about yourself? Because they're not when when they're not improving. Do you know what? They're not thinking about how I'm going to improve this person. They're thinking I'm going to see them for another ten session. I'm going to make whatever money I'm going to make out of it, and that's what really pisses me off. Because you know that the person is talking to you and is saying these things. You know what they're meaning. Their meaning is like you know I've identified them with OCD, and I'm like, well, do you know how to work with OCD? Like. You know, they need medication. And she's looking at you like, yeah, yeah, I mean, they got better. And whose evaluation did they get better? (laughs) How did they get better? I I just want to understand, like, who is making these, like this field? I mean, you know, even like people constantly ask me, 
what's the difference? Should I come to see you or see a counselor at master's level, right? And I'm like, you know, I mean, and abnormal, what do I do? The first chapter I talk about the differences between psychologists and psychiatrists. I talk about the differences in, there are people that are like specialized in family therapy, for example, exactly. couple therapy. Yeah. These are specialties. They're counselors, but they're specialized. And it's the same thing with psychologists because we go to school for such a long time is that we become trained in a lot of, but I mean, the good thing about the West is that they give you certification or license. For example, you could be a psychologist, but get a certain certificate in just being a family therapist. Fine. But then that, you know, it doesn't mean that they can only work with family, but that's your specialty. Then you work within your specialty area. You know, the idea is, is that people really, like I said, the problem is not with our patients. The problem is with when you get people trying to pretend that they can do these things and the only improvement you got is, well, you know, he's not as OCD. I think this person said to me, well, they're not as OCD. How did you define that? Like, you know, and I was like, you know, this. Uh, so I stopped talking because he's like my friend's friend. So I was like, whatever, what can I do with these people? And that's why it's our job. And, you know, when Mehdi and I were talking about this podcast, I wanted to be able to talk about a lot of these things in a more common, simple things. And I think people need to be educated. So not only people are taking my abnormal class should know. It's like the other people should know. No, you have these issues, you go here. That's why I spent the whole one week in that class just talking about the differences. Exactly. And then that's why I bring a lot of guest speakers. Because I want my student to be introduced to, I mean, not just me, the psychologist who's teaching this class, but also the psychiatrist. And I remember you know, once I, you got us a counselor. Yeah, she's and a only counselor, a counselor. And she's only a counselor. And she explained exactly what she does. And I think that I would attribute this to your class, Dr. D, this is real. Because what happens is because you've ingrained in us the difference between some professions. Mm. I mean, back then we haven't covered coaching. It wasn't as popular as now. We covered psychology, counseling, psychiatry. And you took us to different places that those professions... So I'm going to talk about myself. You just ingrained in my head that there is a difference between professions and that you're going to have to let your pride and ego down at times. And especially that you've referred to yourself many times where there are things that you just can't work with and you don't work with. So you just have to let your pride and ego down and understand what you're capable of doing, what you're not capable of doing, because it's not just about you feeling good about yourself. There is another human involved in this as well. They're vulnerable. Some of them are broken at times. Some of them are shattered and you're going to have to be very careful with how you handle them. Now, I have a question, like, for example, the reason why I identify who I can work with and not work with has nothing to do with my experience, because like when I was in training, I did craniofacial. I did, you know, I worked with What's a, craniofacial? It's like when... Yeah, kids, what is that? That sounds that sound, <laughs> that sound really Like bad. when kids, like I worked at the University of Illinois, you know, training. And what happens is like kids that are born with cliff palate. Okay. And then they don't have, they're with their palate open, right? And that means that they're split it's and they're cr- born cranial what craniofacial so you know facial. the point is that the point is is that the reason why i know is because we went through so much training like i also did one time one year i did depaul university i did like counseling and their counseling so i know i liked working with students college students so you know they put you in all these and they encouraged you at that time in my program is that and the other thing they encourage you is to go to therapist because you really need to get your shit out there, yes. fix it before you can fix other people. And I really, really appreciate that. A lot of people ask me, have you gone to therapy? Of course I have. And you have to pay for those classes, and right? I remember, yes. <laughs> I have to pay for a shrink so I can become, but they was like really encouraged in my program. And they said to me that, and it's true, because I went to this therapist, I realized that there are certain things I'm not going to be good at because they are personal to me. And when you've got a personal issue with substance abuse, for example, and I had substance abuse in my family, so I felt like this is something I can't. 
or when I had many people in my family who are depressed, who they are depressed and they don't even know it. <laughs> the idea is that I started, I realized, I realized, you know, this is something very close to me. I don't do these things, not only because I was trained in certain area and I know what I like, don't like, but also because there were many things that were very familial to me and they triggered me. And I felt like I'm not going to have an alcoholic there who I'm going to treat. And it brings up a lot of memories from my childhood, for example. So I don't want to do that. And we have to be honest. Suddenly we have to be honest and realize, you know, we grew up in these certain families. It's not my fault. I grew up in that family and they were great people, but there were certain things that, that happened. I'm not into that. If I wish, and I don't know if you guys do the same thing, do coaches really go through coaching themselves? So that way they recognize what are their ability and what they're not, they're supposed yeah. to. Okay. Now, one of the things that we learned and I have tried it from experience is that every coach needs a coach. Yeah. So no matter how good you are, even if you're on top of your game as a coach, you also need a coach. Yeah. Okay. Because the only way that you can reach perfection with coaching yourself is if you're schizophrenic, where you can dissociate from being the coach and then the coachee. And that's when you can fully coach yourself. But that means you're schizophrenic. And that's what we studied as well. Uh. And that's why, yes, every coach is capable of self-coaching themselves to a very high extent because we're supposedly very self-aware. Mm. Supposedly. <laughs> we're very self-aware. I hope. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I think more and more people. Actually, not even you. Like some of these psychiatrists really need to get to some help. And some of these psychologists, it's like, you know, we're humans after exactly. all. And it's not exactly. like to, to say that, you know, if you don't go, Actually, I have more respect for people. They tell me I've gone through therapy myself. And the idea is that even psychologists need us. The good thing about being in the U.S. is like there's such a variety of people that you can, you know, seek out without someone. I mean, here I'm in the field and I'm known. So like everyone knows you. But even then, if I need something, you know, I will seek out help. People need to really understand we are humans and we've got issues and we come from issues and we really need to work on ourselves. But to pretend that no, I don't have any issues. I can work with everyone. No, I can do everything. No, that's, uh, that scares me. That's to be disrespectful honest. to your profession itself. And the thing is, like, I always educate myself in psychology, educate myself in psychology. Because then, for example, I got a coachee. See, it's very important what we call them. That's right. Labeling them is very important because mm -hmm. I don't get patients. Yeah. I get clients or coaches. That's right. So once I got a coachee and my bag was on the table, it was, you know, it wasn't straight. You know how once you told us that you had a patient who kept on walking yeah, there and yeah. fixing the table? And then she you... still fixes the table. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I make it a mess. So when this, she comes, she fixes. <laughs> one, one, hand, one bag handle was up, the other one was down. He kept fixing it. And then I kept doing it on purpose because I want to see what is his problem. Uh, is he coachable? Because there are six degrees of someone being coachable or not. And then he had an outburst. He's like, fix it. I can't stand this. Both of them have to be either up or down. Uh, and then I had to ask him. I had to like wait for the session to be over. And it was almost over. And we weren't getting anywhere because he kept referring back to the past. He kept looking for this pure perfection. Uh, and, and that's not realistic. So here I have to ask a question. I'm like, did you ever see a therapist? He's like, yes, I did. And I was diagnosed with OCD. And that's why I always insist on having my first session as a free session. Because I want to see if this is something that I can work with or not. I'm like, all right. In his case, in his case of OCD, I wasn't able to coach him because he had nothing figured out because he wants this proper perfection. I don't know what's the professional name for it, where they need to, what's the process for fixing the OCD? You mean cognitive behavioral therapy or 
What do you mean the process? Where they have to where they have to fix the attitude that's causing right. OCD. So you have to believe. That's right. It is. It's part of like CBT kind of training. Yeah. Where they so have he to had to go their, through that. Not and then, me. But he needs medication. Exactly. If there's severe OCDs, definitely they need medication. She told the, him he has a very high level of OCD. She, they, then whoever he's going to, she should have told him you need medication. Exactly. I mean, I'm not prone for medication and I don't advocate for it. But to be honest, we have to be realistic. There are certain disorders require you to have medication. Now, there are some people that think medication is for everything. And there are other people for me, for example, I don't advocate for it. I don't suggest it to my pa- And sometimes I don't even suggest it in the first session. I take a couple of sessions before I realize how severe this is. And, you know, obviously some people from the beginning, like this person from the beginning, I knew she needed. And other people, I'm like, not sure yet. I want to give us some time. And so, you know, if he was going to proper people, then they'll recognize, wow, this is very severe and you really need a psychiatrist for your medication. And see, that's exactly what my point is, is that these people will go to individuals like yourselves who are not going to be able to recognize the severity of these signs and they will not be able to refer this person to the proper places where he could have got his OCD managed and maintained if he was gone to the right people where they sent him to a psychiatrist. Exactly. So this is the other problem is like, you know, my biggest problem and just recently I put a video on how people believe that it's a stigma to go to a psychologist, so they'll wait. And then sometimes I get people have waited two years and three years. Oh yeah, I've had these symptoms a long time ago, but I thought that they will go, I'll go to these like religious people. I, I don't know what. And by the time they come to me, it's like three years, four years. And we all know prevention is much better at the beginning, just like any other disorders. So you get these people like three years. I had one person who had this problem for three years. Why haven't you come to me? Oh, because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. Uh, because, you know, my family wouldn't accept it. No, there's nothing wrong with me. I thought and it would some go coaches, away. Some coaches would take advantage of this. Exactly. Of the stigma. So come and I'll help you. And I personally know yeah, because a, a you coach guys call who did yourself that for coach. three. Yes. Yeah. And I personally know a coach who did that for three years and a half where he worked with someone who was suicidal. She had family that's, that's, traumas, oh family traumas, not family problems, though, that family is traumas. That is so bad. As a mother with her kids, they with her husband. Her. She was involved in cheating and many things. And he would insist on working with her for three years and a half. And then when I got my certification, he wanted to refer her to me. And uh, I had no clue about they that should history. Strip him. He of, didn't of he didn't tell me. Dr. Degan, man. Oh he my didn't. God. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know how damaged this is? Now, if they would have yeah. come to the proper people, people are really qualified to work with trauma. It people was specialized. It was of damaging. Course. Because with coaching, at the end of every session, the client or the coach, she has to come up with actions that they have to stick to because see, self-commitment here is very important. Right, all right. right. I'm not Spider-Man. I can't save his life if he doesn't want to save it with <gasps> me. You're not Spider-Man. I am not. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually depressed her more. And then when he referred her to me, I had no idea. He didn't tell me anything. He just told me that it's a complicated case, which is okay. I worked with complicated Obviously. cases. My complicated case you know, yeah. that's very vague. That's I can terrible. have a complicated case of severe low self-esteem, which is okay. Severe low self-confidence. That's fine. Can you report these people, please, Lena? It's our duty. Yeah. Yeah. His fathers. Did you report then, him? Okay. okay. Let's see. And then. It's my education. Yes. And then she came and she worked with me. So the first session, I can see that, you know how someone is supposed to cry while they're saying what they're saying, but they're hysterically laughing. Oh. So that's number one. That's not common. All right. And that's why we have to educate ourselves about the symptoms of some disorders in order for it to be easier for us to recognize that maybe he's not coachable. And I need to 
refer him to someone else and not work with him. So I'm not getting to know the symptoms to understand how to work with him. That's impossible. And that's very disrespectful to my profession and to other professions as well. So I worked with her and she's hysterically laughing and she has problems with her mother. You know, like how when they have it from childhood and it's severe. So I was like, why are you laughing? She's like, I don't know. And then she started crying hysterically and then laughing hysterically. And then both at the same time. And then she would stay quiet for like five minutes straight. And then I told her, come to my circle. Okay. So she came to my circle and in the circle, because I asked them intense questions, she spoke about her mother and then she couldn't continue. From the first session, I knew she had to go see a psychiatrist. Mm. And I told her, if you want, I have one where I can refer you to. She's like, no. I'm like, okay. She's like, you have the circle? I'm like, okay, come to the circle. She came to the circle. And at the end of the circle, she was like, please refer me to a psychiatrist. Mm. Through the intense questions where... She could have been referred long Three years and a half ago. Can you imagine three and a half years if she would have started medication? What her life would have looked like now. Oh my God. And see, this is what... Anyways, we cannot continue. I'm pissed off. Yeah, I can tell. We cannot continue. This is over. We cannot continue. Pissed off. You know, in the US and even here, if it's somebody that's licensed in the US and they're practicing here, I would report them. And for me, as a psychologist, even in the U.S., like, for example, when you know someone is doing something unethical and you can report it, you can write to the board, like I'm licensed in the yeah. in the state of Illinois. So the idea is, is that people can actually, if they find, I feel like in the U.S., we have a lot more way of protecting. Obviously, there's a lot of crooks out there and, and not to mention that there are no crooks there and there are here. But I feel like sometimes we need that some sort of a standard here so we'd be able to report them because there must be a place where you can report this individual for not being able I mean he's doing actually he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do as no, a he coach. wasn't for three years and, and half I hope you had a, a conversation being. with him oh yeah and you know what when I went to him I'm like he's by the way referring she to has you. one he better because <laughs> 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 I'm not interested in, in such dishonesty so I went back to him I'm like by the way she has and the reason why I told her to come to my circle is not to coach her she's uncoachable she's yeah. uncoachable oh. she is officially uncoachable but because this part of the circle is a support group, I do the, the second half as a support group. Mm. And that's why they let it all out and all that. All right. So I went back to him and I'm like, I can't tell you what she told me because that's confidential. But basically, she doesn't need coaching. He's like, yeah, I know. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Those are oh, the most dangerous. So Those are the most dangerous because so they know who's coachable, oh who's not. And they refuse now, to why admit. Can, why can't we put ads on Instagram saying, don't go to this person or whatever. Is that like, you know, will they put us in jail? Yeah, yeah. yeah. legally yeah. you can't do it. Mm. Legally you can't well, do you it. Gotta, but you, I, I told all our coach community, but, but, if but he refers someone. somewhere, right? Yeah. Can you report him in that certification and email without letting him know? I mean, you saw something unethical. We got to report it. Yeah. I mean, you know, the idea is that. Well, you can go onto your Instagram and put it into a story. You could do that. Without mentioning the name. Yeah, technically you could do that. Or you could I be think like, what you, I did. Without mentioning the I did. clinic. You Lena, you know what you should do? I said it on my story without mentioning his name because back then people didn't really understand what I do, what Lena does at that moment because mm. it was back in April or May. And that's when people started asking questions and they're like, Lena, I thought you can help me with this. I thought you can help me with that. I'm like, no, I can't. Because sometimes I put these stuff on my story in order to raise awareness mm. because I want the right people to come see me. I don't want to waste see, my that's time what either. It is. I was saying that. The only way to protect people, it's the same thing I do or you're doing, is that we constantly need to remind people. You know, like I tell my students, look, when you go to someone's, it is you're paying for that service. You should ask you know, the psychologist, where's your degree from? Yes. I mean, you know, there have been times where I've gone to people's offices people where they have, me that. they have a whole wall of certification, right? And none of them is a degree. 
It's like they took a course here. They took yeah. a course here. And, you know, you need to be able to ask the person, you know, where is your certification from? What is your degree? What is your specialty? It is our job. Like I can't imagine people even go to medical doctors and they don't really ask this person, well, where did you graduate from? You know, where is your specialty? I have the right to know. Of and course, a lot of but people, people don't think they have the right. Exactly. A lot of people come and ask me, they're like, hi, if you don't mind asking, where'd you get your certification from? I'm they like, should. it's from ICF and I'm currently working on my ACC. The thing is in our course, it was very professional because see, it's monitored, it's monitored by ICF. It has nothing to do they, with the course that you've taken and the teacher. It has something to do with the knowledge you've taken. I mean, same thing exactly. in psychology. Yeah. There are psychologists who graduated with me. They shouldn't be practicing. Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> so it has like to do coaches with, who, who so graduated true. with it's me true. and they really shouldn't be practicing. Really, because it has nothing to do with, you yes. know, we went to good school. We had great professors. I was trained very well. And every program is what you make out of it. I always looked for different training because mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to experience. I did school. I did universities. This is me. So it has nothing to do with the class you're taking. It has yeah. something to do with the person and their integrity to begin with and their ethics. But there are things that they as trainers, they're basically training us to be professional coaches. They had to tell us. And that's why I always refer to them as very professional, as a professional entity. They told us that as coaches, NLP, CBT can help you. And they literally said that word for word. I mm -hmm. remember that's what my trainer said. He said, does it make you a therapist? Does it make you a psychologist? Does it make you a psychiatrist? Hmm. Some people said yes, because of CBT. Hmm. And he was like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Like, no, it psychologist doesn't. is more than CBT. He's like, no, it doesn't. And he kept telling us about cases that he had. And he has two books. He's very well known. He's amazing. He's a great life coach. And he kept referring to his cases where he had to refer them to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a therapist or a counselor, where he was like, all right, I'm sorry, we can't work together. And he even taught us how to refer them in an empathetic way with pure emotional intelligence. He's like, because if someone is suffering from depression, they are very sensitive. It took them so much effort to come see you in the first place. That's right. Because they're suffering from maybe severe withdrawal. You never know. So the fact that they came, you shouldn't tell them, I can't help you because you're suffering from one, two, three or whatever, or that right. you need other help. They were like, you have to tell them that I loved working with you for this hour. Thank you very much. But I'm very sorry. At this point, I am not the proper help that you need. You need one, two, three help. And they also taught us that if in the beginning of the session, you find out that they are already following up with a therapist or a psychiatrist or under medication, you have to refund their money on spot. Mm -hmm. If it's after the session, then that's it. And, you know, and the same thing we do, for example, I got a person the other day, she's like, oh, I was, I'm seeing a therapist. I've seen this person five times. I'm like, wow. I said, do you understand that we cannot duplicate? You have to realize that after I do an evaluation, I mean, I'll do an evaluation. I'll see what the problem is. Obviously, maybe she feels like she needs something extra. I said, but please remember, if you stay with me, you cannot stay with the other person. I mean, this is another thing people don't understand. You cannot go to two different therapists because we have two different trainings exactly. and we're going to confuse you. Exactly. Pick one or the other. It's the same thing. You can't go to two psychiatrists. No, you can't. This psychiatrist is giving you this medication. This psychiatrist is giving you this other medication. And you can't do that. But so with coaching, you can have two different coaches at the same time. Because they're working on two different exactly. skills. Exactly. There's a difference. Exactly. But for me, if I'm talking about deep-rooted issues, and then there's other person that's also doing that, and the idea is that you don't need two therapists. It's confusing. From the beginning, when I, because there is a question in my assessment, have you been to a therapist or are you currently? And then if they say, yeah, I am. I've went to this person five times. I'm like, well, how long ago? Like if they say a year, two years, three years, whatever. But like, no, I was just with them last week, but I want to try your method. Okay, no problem. But you need to understand that we cannot, so you're going to have to decide. 
And then, you know, with referrals for me, for example, when I say, look, this is not my area of expertise. You sound like you have, you know, you want to work on this thing. And I always tell them like, this is my card. And, you know, once I refer them, like if I refer them to a psychiatrist, then I say, this is my card. Please let me know what was your experience with the psychiatrist or with this counselor who's going to work on these things. I'm always here. Exactly. I'm always here. And so here. I always want them to remember that, you know, because they're safe, they're feeling safe with you and you have to refer them. And then, so again, I go back to my idea of like, people are not professional and that you guys really need to find a way to report. I want a way that when I see or I hear my patients or clients talking about some culture that was unethical, I want to know where to refer them. I see. So because I feel like, or somebody has to be in Kuwait that is like monitoring these things because when I hear people saying- There's I ICF Kuwait as well. Okay, well, so I'm going to get those information. And whenever I hear someone saying like, this person did this. I mean, this is another segment we'll have to go into, like relationship. You know how many times I hear people saying, I went to this coach or I went to this doctor and they asked me out. What the hell? What? Who asked that, you that out? That happened here. with me. Oh my God. That, that happens go with me. You don't go out with so-and-so. Like, I had to put it on my story because I offered the, the first session. So basically, I meet with people that I've never met with before. Of course. All right? and, and you're so cute, Lena. Thanks, They'll professor. ask you out. <laughs> and then it happened twice. And of course, I don't need to tell you what I did. And then I went on my story. I was like, see, the reason why I offer the first session for free is because I need to understand if this is something that I need to work with or not. But I had this twice and I am not having it for the third time. And if I have it for the third time, you can ask the first two what happened to them. And I was brutal with the first two. And I didn't have it a single time since then because I have to protect my physical and emotional boundaries of as course. well. And there's a relationship. It's not even them asking you out. Is when the doctor asks them out. Oh, Lord. You cannot believe I've had stories. This is an entirely, yeah, yeah. this is an episode on its own. No, we definitely <laughs> need to do an episode on we this should. because it kills me when I got someone and I'm seeing them and they're like, do you know why I stopped the other therapist? Sometimes I'll ask and they're like, oh, because of this and that. This, again, we're back to integrity, ethics, values, that everyone needs to maintain those in their own discipline. We are sworn to be able to help people and people come to me vulnerable. I shouldn't be abusing them. Exactly. I mean, exactly. what is wrong with people? And if you can't maintain integrity, then get out of the field, go sell houses. Exactly. Go into real estate, do exactly. something. I, yeah, please. Exactly. I, th I think that's the best way to end that's this true. show. That's end true. On, end on a high note. <laughs> Lena, thank you so much. Thank you very, very much, Mandy. Thank you so much, Dr. D slash thank professor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lena. You're doing great. Thank you so much. I'm thank so you. proud that you thank have you. a lot of ethics. I'm so proud. I've had you as my student. I'm Amazing. very proud to be on your podcast today. Mehdi, it was such a pleasure meeting you. It's my first time to meet you. And Dr. D, it's such a pleasure and an honor because it feels good when you're being invited on podcasts or a TV show or, or, or. But when it's well, your... we're a lot better than TV show. <laughs> yeah, see what's coming. But when it's your professor inviting you because she thinks you're saying something of great value, yep. that means That's that means a lot to me because... Number one, she's my professor. Number two, she was the one assessing me and like saying whether I deserve an A or a B or, or, or. So it means a lot to me. You are amazing as a Thank student you. and I can see that you're going to have an amazing future. When she told me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to invite you again because I wanted to do emotional intelligence and we'll I know do. that's an area. So because we didn't have a lot of time today to talk, I mean, you're, this topic was so, you know, fulfilled. So next time we will invite you to come and talk about emotional intelligence because that is another area I need people to understand yeah. 
what does it mean? Because there are so many people that are so book smart, but they're so stupid. Yeah. And we need to figure out why. <laughs> I just want to say that coaches are not psychologists. They're not therapists. They're not counselors. They're not psychiatrists. We don't guide. We don't direct. We don't advise. We ask the powerful question in the right time. We listen with empathy. We listen with a lot of emotional intelligence. But there are things that we can work with you on a fabulous level. And then there are things where we have to let our pride and ego down. Mm-hmm. And to refer you to the correct professional. Amazing summary. Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, it's the truth. Thank you, Lena. Thank you so much, Dr. Itzi. Thank you, Mahdi. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at the Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.